Follow us on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows. You will have to enter that in because the fact that we are adult content means that we have agreed to make ourselves unsearchable on their website. My name is Elle and I'm a sex educator. My name is Jen and I'm a private investigator. We want to learn more about ourselves. I'm like the boring vanilla one over here that's like, I don't do anything, but I'm cu- I'm curious. And the fact that we're both sex workers means that we have insight into things taboo. Trigger warning, if you're easily upset by this stuff, maybe take a break. I have a feeling this is going to be weird. Sex and politics make for some strange bedfellows. <sighs> okay. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. Yeah. Excelente. Excelente. So white. What was the thing you were saying? How do you pronounce it? Yeah, how do you oh, how do you pronounce rapist? Is it Weinstein or Weinstein? I've been saying it Weinstein. Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. You say Weinstein, I say Weinstein. I heard a lady say tomato the other day in line for food. You did? And I wanted to slap her, but I was also <laughs> delighted because I was like, oh yeah, people say it that Does way that for real. Does that mean that you, say, you can also say potato? Yeah, but why would you? Come on now. <laughs> because it feels good. <laughs> I am the language police. <laughs> um, yay, welcome back to Strange Bedfellows. <sighs> We're going to talk more about sex this episode. So much sex and about consent. And we can't agree how to pronounce Harvey this rapist. ass wipes. Yeah, Harvey Rapist. Harvey Rapist has actually been arrested and gone to jail for his role in assaulting women. And it's about time. And what one of the things that really struck out to me um, is his defense. It, it already seems like his lawyers are setting up a defense of saying uh and using that saying blaming it on the casting couch the quote about like harvey didn't Mm. invent didn't invent the casting couch Mm -hmm. but i just want here's the thing let's yeah no but let's explain that statement right there so referring to the practice of a person in power demanding sex in exchange for career advancement so his lawyer's saying that he's not the one who started doing this this is something that happens and that's just what happened to him yeah and they're also trying to say that this is about punishing bad behavior i mean it actually isn't the casting couch which is on trial here it's this guy raped people like well, he and put his penis in people forcefully without and asking and i think to dismiss it as bad behavior and everybody does it is really over it's a really i think really quite cynical way to overlook the fact that this man is being accused of forcing himself on women physically mm-hmm. forcing and men too i don't know if there are men in the plaintiffs of this case yeah so what we have here with harvey weinstein and no, 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 whatever uh is you have someone who's like obviously a chronic serial abuser um it's not it's not an issue of like a miscommunication 
Or, no, it's a, yeah. Because I thought maybe, I mean, I'm a skeptical person. I work in criminal defense. I specialize in investing, you know, and doing defense investigations. So initially before I, I read a lot of the details and did my homework, I thought, I thought maybe the same, I thought, oh, you know, maybe, maybe it's a misunderstanding. Maybe it's a gray area, you know, maybe it's tasteless and problematic, but, but no, it, it sounds like it's, um, it is, it is what it's being called. And I, I just, I guess I especially just take umbrage with the fact that it's like, that I just feel like it's so cheap to just say that these charges are just a way, are just a cheap way to criminalize and, and critique the power structure which puts this dick bag at mm. the top. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, this is, he's done a criminal thing and we're better than that. You know, it's like, come on. I wonder how much his lawyer is getting paid because like, so much. what mm-hmm. a high profile case at what a, what a very inconvenient time for the defense, you know, in the, the, the wake of the Me Too movement. As right. cynical as I can be about that movement, I'm glad it's happening. There are some flaws with the movement. I feel like it is very unfair to disallow um, men and male identified people from the movement as victims. I've watched men try to participate by saying like, I was raped, I was abused, I was molested, my father did this to me, you know, et cetera. And women saying, I don't think you deserve to be here. You need to have your own conversation. Well, I I think that's a problem. I do think that's a problem. But I also think that, um, I don't know, I think for the defense attorney, actually, I think that the Me Too movement that's going to I think that would play really well into I mean play really well into a defense strategy because really? here well because here you can say you can say look how how can my client receive a fair trial because look at that because look at the environment that this is in this is a witch hunt these are you know hysterical feminists throwing I mean I'm not a lawyer you know I have no idea what this guy's strategy is going to be but how, but I think a wily one I think a good lawyer could probably use that so is that it, to his to their advantage, you know? It looks like Benjamin Braffman, uh, this is the lawyer, right? He says, bad behavior is not on trial in this case. It's only if you intentionally committed a criminal act, and Mr. Weinstein vigorously denies that. So it's huh. going to be made a case of intent. Right. Well, I mean, if you go... So I earlier today I was looking at this Vanity Fair article that listed all of the myriad. There's something crazy. It's like 60 something women have come forward and given accounts of either being unconsensually groped or held down and raped or had oral sex forced on them (gasps) by this guy. I wonder if that means he put his stuff in their mouth or if he forced to perform on them. Um, Not that it makes a great difference. I think both. Interesting. I think both. I think two of these things and varying levels uh, of violence. I don't, this is a little more than bad behavior. Mm -hmm. Uh, Weinstein allegedly bragged about other actresses he had supposedly slept with before groping her and masturbating on top of her. And and I kept telling him, stop, I'm engaged. This was uh, Ashley... Mathal that said that uh, mm. I mean there's just so many accounts in this article it's just I don't know I wouldn't be arguing that those things weren't that bad I mean I would hope they would just be arguing about like where's the proof of this it's really funny that that um, I, I, I want to go back to that stop I'm engaged statement I really really think it sucks 
ass that that is still like the most effective way to get know, a man to leave you alone yeah, let's because choose this. This i'm one. taken right i'm property already not because don't hurt me but don't take what actually already belongs to someone else. else oh yeah oh that i mean that statement is mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. loaded mm-hmm. that's amazing another thing that i found really horrible about these women's accounts too um I know that just I mean I'm a I guess I'm a little late on reading up all the details of all these but a lot of them talked about how these um, attacks had been kind of facilitated by a uh, a female assistant that they felt initially felt safe going into mm. a room with him because there was an assistant was slash a accomplice mm-hmm. his own age that would go lead them in and, and the woman would be led to think that maybe there was going to be someone mm-hmm. else around. Mm-hmm. Someone and to vet this, this person for you. But yeah, so it's like he had a facilitator wow. and I do, I mean, you know, it, do you remember when there was all those allegations against, what was his name, Terry Richardson? That mm-hmm, the photographer. Photographer. Mm-hmm. Well, he also apparently had a, he had a very loyal female assistant Mm-hmm. who actively found who like recruited women for him and told them to do these things you know mm-hmm. like helped him abuse these women and mm-hmm. that's so for some reason like extra shitty to me to have that there's like a female accomplice a mm-hmm. female and i don't know why we like, think that i mean i know why women tend to feel more safe around women it's because we're less likely to be physically assaulted by them Right, and you think, imagine as a fellow woman who exists in the same power imbalance that they're going to have empathy, empathy yes. for our situation, and it's really jarring when that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Dang. So. Oh, man, I want to take a look at that. Yeah, I was I was bummed out. I was super bummed. Whoever you are, <laughs> shame on you, even though who knows? Who knows how they were coerced into being complicit, too? I mean, we don't know. I guess the whole story will come out Yeah, people... People like having um, people like having access to things like parties, alcohol, power, money, yeah. yeah, social social power. So that's how that stuff is allowed to happen because this guy had tremendous wealth and tremendous access to places and people and things. And like you get to tag along and see and do all these things. You just have to see and do some some things for him. And yeah, there's terrible people in the world that are well, very and, opportunistic. Yeah, that's true. And you know, and he probably, I mean, he might have abused them too. Of, of course. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't yeah. think these relationships are healthy. You know, like, hey, I treat everyone like shit, but like, not you, uh-huh. not I'm my gonna assistant. I'm going to rape all these other women, but you, you're going to be my rape-free one. Right. Yeah. My rape-free assistant. My rape-free assistant. I'm going to hang that sign in our office. Be like, how many days without rape has occurred in here? Right? You can't? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Considering this is in my home, how terribly disconcerting. But it's a very dark joke because really, I mean, there is a high likelihood that I would be killed um, or raped in my own home. I mean, statistically speaking. So... America. <laughs> Yay. Oh, uh, let's see. Well, what's this local flavor thing we're talking about? Oh, goodness. That's uh Who's Jordan Peterson? Oh, he's such a dirtbag. Oh, is he a speaker? Yes, he's a speaker. <gasps> yes, he's the psychologist oh, guy that has okay. all the problematic statements. Oregon Live says mm-hmm. that he lectures his large audiences about topics ranging from the fact that chaos is feminine to the social hierarchy of lobsters to why patriarchy just makes sense. (laughs) He also believes in the idea of enforced monogamy, which he says would be, quote, (laughs) socially enforced and would, quote, 
decrease violence against women. That's 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 terrifying. Just, I know. I want to I want to punch this man in the fucking face. Oh, that's really funny. What was I just saying about uh, violence against me as a woman? A 2017 study from the CDC found that almost half of the murders of women in America are committed by past or current romantic partners. Only around five to seven percent of men are killed by partner violence. But as Peterson told the New York Times, the masculine spirit is under assault. Holy shit. He brings in more than $80,000 a month through his YouTube. I got to get on YouTube. The yeah, problem right? is they'd probably well, kick you have me to, off. All you have to do is just make videos saying some hateful shit about women. I can make hateful videos. Yeah. I can make hateful videos about shit. But <laughs> <laughs> but I know, but I would probably get kicked off as a, like an out sex worker. I don't know. Maybe if I just talk about stripper stuff and not like anything else. Right. What yeah, a fuck no, he's bag. Got quite hate sells. Uh, it's good business. What a doucher. What okay, a- so he's coming to Portland. Yes, nice. we'll keep we'll keep an eye on that because okay. I will definitely be interested in writing whoever and expressing my disgust. Well, we'll see. This says in June by the time this oh, episode great. comes out. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> Local flavor. But at least there is some good news because the referendum on abortion in Ireland passed. Mm. Um, it. Tell me about that because I don't know anything about that. Ireland's a, been a Catholic country, like heavily influenced by the church, and abortion has always been le- illegal there. Um, oh, man. It's okay. I'm sorry. Still just, I mean, sorry. I'm just sorry. I, I just nipples. saw a very problematic Twitter post. I almost got angry. Ooh, that, s- say it. What is it? I mean, you don't have to oh like. Oh God! Here's this dumbass. Today is a sad day for Ireland and for people who believe in genuine human rights. The struggle to defend the most vulnerable has not ended today. It's just changed. Well, I mean, this whole thing came about because there was a woman who was pregnant. She had something wrong with her fetus. Um, that she, that ended up like she got some sort of lost the fetus, lost the fetus and got some sort of septic shock and died. Mm. And, and because they wouldn't give her an abortion mm-hmm. to it, to abort this child. So basically what happens all the time. What happens happened. all the time. But for whatever reason, this, you know, it, it struck a national court and there was a referendum to overturn this mm-hmm. fucking barbaric so there's law. no no abortion in Ireland at all. There is none. What has it been changed to now? It, to what term? Well, I am not actually. I am not sure, but I just know that they overturned that. The changes come at the end of the year, and now it's available in Ireland only when there is proven risk to the woman's life, including a uh, threat of suicide. So that's cool. But it's still not. Am I wrong in that you can't just go out and? Oh, I'm you're sure. Still it's, not going to be able to just go out and get. Right, an I'm sure there's like a lengthy process. You probably have to get more than a doctor's note. Um, Good. I don't I, know. That's mm. pretty awesome. Well, let's see how that unfolds. I mean, 35 year ban on abortion. All right. Hey man, there's hope for the world. Progress. Attention service and sex industry workers. Seeking Space Yoga is dedicated to providing a holistic option for after your shift with new 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. class times. Seeking Space is rooted in empathy and they've combined creative flows and experienced teachers to provide a safe, inviting space for any and all wishing to find peace on the mat. Need a little motivation? They are offering 10% off on all memberships and packages for those in the industry. 
Visit SeekingSpaceYoga.com or download the Seeking Space Yoga app for more information and a full list of class times. Passion by Kate is an award-winning resource for women and couples who crave a more intimate, exciting, and fulfilling sex life. Passion by Kate's affirming writing, workshops, and one-on-one counseling help you create a new level of openness and intimacy with your partner without feeling awkward, twisting yourself into a pretzel, or spending hours a day on intimacy-building activities. Learn more and find hashtag freedom and pleasure at passionbykate.com. That's K-A-I-T dot com. Mention this podcast to receive a complimentary 30-minute counseling session when you purchase any Passion by Kate product or service. If you're looking to jazz up a jacket, bag, or just your fine self, our friends at Gimme Flare have everything you could possibly need. Gimme Flare is the largest online retailer of pins and patches that range from the cute and sweet to the snarky and slutty. They are sex positive, queer friendly, and aim to crush mental health stigma, all with fun flair from around the globe. Check out gimmeflare.com to browse items from over 250 plus artists. Let's see, let's ease into some listener questions. I've been single and sexless for over a year, 16 months, and despite several opportunities with other partners, I felt too nervous to move forward. My last two relationships didn't end well, despite us being best of friends and having great sex. The end of my most recent relationship in particular opened my eyes up to a lot of my own shortcomings, which wasn't a bad thing per se, but I almost feel like I'm too scared to put myself out there again and potentially lose another friend or partner. The point of the matter being is I want to have a healthy relationship again. I've just been masturbating for over a year and I'm scared that my sex life is affected because of it. I've had libido issues in the past, not in a long while, and I'm afraid that my libido is just lost, causing a whole score of nervousness to try again. What can I do to give my libido a jumpstart? Well, first off, (laughs) I can so relate to this question because I went through like an epic dry spell after my last relationship. How long? I'm eating a banana. Oh my god! It was like years long. It was years. How many years? I believe it was two years after the end of the relationship. And honestly, we didn't have sex for like the last year. Mm, So that was like three years. It was a really long time. Um, I tell you what, though, I feel like it's a really good sign that you are masturbating. Keep masturbating. If you are still doing that, all is not lost. You still have a sex drive. You're just you're just kind of hybrid. You're just like healing. You're like in a little cocoon right now. Yeah, it's situational. You're taking care of yourself. Maybe be a little worried when you don't about your libido when you don't want to do that anymore, because that can. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) well, if it is distressing to you, I mean, obviously it's distressing to you because you're writing to us. You are concerned um, that you will have that you will not be able to regain the desire to have partnered sex again, I think is the question. So the fact that you're even concerned about it tells me that you will. Um, and just give yourself permission to know that people like move through these periods of inactivity because it's all situational. Like you don't have a partner who can just be in your life right now and you were working on yourself, it sounds like. So yeah, keep masturbating. Keep masturbating. 
There you go. And then, and you know, and, and yeah. And mix up your <laughs> masturbation. M- masturbate like well, like be creative. Do it standing. Do it lying on your back. Do it on your knees. Watch all kinds of different stuff and get new ideas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else? So then you'll be nice and ready when you meet somebody. Mm-hmm. When you meet somebody new, you'll mm-hmm. have like all kinds of like You can buy my porn. Yeah. <laughs> you can always buy Elle's porn. You can email L at lstangerpdx at gmail. Slide that right in there. Um, yeah, I mean. But it'll definitely come back. They will. I mean, I honestly, I was where you were and I thought I was never going to have sex again. And guess what? I was wrong. Yeah. I was totally wrong. Of course. And people go years. I mean, there's people listening who've gone longer. That is than, true. You know, there's people listening who've probably gone 10 years or more. I've met people who have told me I haven't had sex. And, and some people, I mean, I know people that are also asexual and they're like relieved by the idea that they never ever have to have sex again. You know, there you go. And I think that's great too. Um, so if you want to have the sex, you will have the sex. It will be okay. <laughs> Hang in there. Mm-hmm. So let's do this next one. I'm a queer femme POC. That means person of color for those uh, of you who don't know that. In my early 20s living in Portland, Oregon. I love this. I got a dating question, I think. <laughs> so I've been with my girlfriend for about a year and things were great well they still are sometimes I moved in pretty soon maybe after three months do you know that lesbian joke what's what does a lesbian bring on the second date oh my god yes her furniture a Uh. (laughs) u-haul as a knee slapper anyway I needed to get out of my living situation and she offered so I took it after we settled in we always were respectful to each other we never called each other names until we got in a fight at a concert because some guy started talking to me. I didn't pay much attention to him because I didn't care. And I'm so used to pathetic attempts and attention men give me. But I also didn't feel threatened. So I didn't tell him off quickly. I just switched seats with my girlfriend. But the res- result ended in her calling me a bitch. Since then, we have been calling each other names. On the bus, we got in a huge fight and she called me a bipolar freak. Okay, so things are escalating. <laughs> Very much us. Uh, where the boundaries are being pushed further and further apart. In the middle of the night, my phone lit up due to a text message from an old friend, and she called me a hoe and physically pushed me out of bed. Uh, I never actually. <sighs> the physical push out of bed is that's problematic. Yeah, well, I mean, the bitch part was the first, and then that didn't get addressed. I'm gonna assume, and so that's why the things that are happening are becoming more extreme because they're not being properly addressed or these people are still just around each other and they shouldn't be. Uh, She says, I never cry though because I've been through a lot of therapy to balance my emotion in a way that's healthy. Although since I've been diagnosed with bipolar disorder type one, because of this, she thinks I don't care or have any emotion. Okay. So this person's saying that they don't cry. Um, I mean, that's somehow some people don't express themselves through crying. Yeah. Some people, uh, my partner does. I've, I've seen him cry a couple tears like once and it was really, really weird and hard for him. Um, and I've seen him, I mean, apparently he said he, I, I asked him, I was like, when was the last time you cried before that? And he couldn't remember, you know, especially people who have been punished for crying, Mm. you know, their body stops trying to react that way. Um, 
So she, let's see. So things are escalating. When we fight, I have to sleep on the couch. She even threatens to kick me out. And then when I start packing, she says, stop, I don't want you to go. Our age difference is, so she's 24, her girlfriend's 31. She has no faith or trust in me. The sex is so amazing, and I'm really satisfied with that. The dog is happy here. I don't have anywhere else to go. Okay, so (laughs) you need to leave this person. I understand economic hardship. I have been in abusive relationships because I thought I didn't have anywhere else to go. And holy shit, I should not have done that because things will escalate and they will escalate to the point where maybe if the person happens to be a gun owner, they'll be holding a fucking shotgun to your head, which I have had happen, you know, and that's how bad things got. And then eventually I left, but they got that bad a couple times. So I've been there. Yeah. And even though, I mean, this person like physically put their hands on you and pushed you out of bed. And I feel like even if, you get lucky and you stay and the physical part doesn't escalate like name calling and verbal and emotional abuse and gaslighting and threatening will, to make you will erode homeless. your self-esteem till you can't leave. Yeah. Well, and it, especially if someone like the more they chip away at your personal freedom. So being able to say like communicate with friends and family, like your tech, your cell phone lighting up, you know, and threatening um, to kick you out at a moment's notice. Out. That's horrible. What a horrible thing to do mm-hmm. to somebody. Yeah, these are all signs of abuse. I mean, I'm sorry the sex is good. Like, of course it's good. It's probably really emotionally charged and exciting because that's when you guys are experiencing your highs together. And and now you just have so many, like, adrenaline-fueled inter- interactions and some of them sound like they're healthy, like the sex. If you guys could just fuck all of your aggression out. But I think that if, if you do that, it should definitely be like maybe guided by a professional yeah. at first. That's like, true. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, maybe that's like the worst advice to give you guys. Just start hitting each other. I well, mean, I mean, I think but with the professional, though, I think with some sort of professional professional intervention, that might be. That's hard to find. Acceptable. That's hard to come by because who would you have? A I mean, sex therapist, a regular sex, therapist. Sex therapists can't be present for that stuff. Regular therapists mm. can't be present for. No, there's some real limitations to the world of therapy. And the problem with therapy stuff is, like I've said before and many times before, is they can't refer their clients to sex workers. Right. This is in America. It's too bad because right. this is a case where actually it seems like. Yeah, absolutely. Some good could be done <laughs> if if you're not well. If you think the relationship is salvageable, and you really think there's so much of a connection that you <laughs> aren't going to leave, you know, then yeah, I really don't think I don't think the relationship is salvageable. I think I think you're going to have to kiss the dog goodbye, honestly. And like I've known, this sounds like I can think of a few different lesbian couples that I hung out with, and back in California and I've thought about them like as separate people because it was like different relationships that you would see them just like hurting each other and being violent and aggressive to each other and actually proportionately uh, women women to women relationships um, are very violent more so than male to male more so than male to female I believe yeah like again it's a really small sample size of like female female relationships Uh, And the research that we have on stuff like that is always so limiting because it's always very binary, you know. Right. So, yeah, it's and then there's that joke about uh, if 
if there wasn't any emotional abuse, can you even call it a relationship? That's a lesbian joke that I saw once memed by this uh, gal, local underscore honey. She's got all these funny femme les memes. But some people like totally get that. So like I've seen this situation before. Um, in, in this case, your girlfriend's acting like a typical fucking cis dude, like violent abuser. Is she in the military? Can I ask? <laughs> I've seen I've seen this so many times in in couples. I just um, think that it's sad. That's such an an, an imma- emotionally immature way to react to a to a partner. Like, oh, you've you've hurt me, so I'm actually going to physically hurt you. I'm going to physically react in that way. That's just I. No one should ever have to accept that. Mm-hmm. Well, it shows a lack of life. care. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> yeah, they're showing really they're showing you they don't like care about you. Control too. Yeah, when they're when they're doing these things to try to hurt you, it's because their emotions are taking priority over your emotions, like your safety and your emotions. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you need to run for Leave. the hills. Leave. 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 Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, and at the very end, she says, sorry for the long rant. I just couldn't summarize this question without the backstory of my lesbian drama. That's okay. No, it's it's oftentimes not what you think you're asking. It's the stuff you say while you're asking the question. Yeah. That gives us the real and information. you deserve more. Like you deserve safety and security and respect from your partner and somebody that won't put their hands on you or, or call you names. Mm-hmm. No one no one should have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Ah, let's take a collective breath. Yeah, ten- emotions nice. are running high in the studio right now. Yeah. Are you okay? I'm okay. Are you okay? I'm pretty good. My face is a little warm. Yeah, listener, are you okay? Take a little check-in with yourself. If you have an animal companion, I highly suggest that you give them a scratch or pet them. Go pet your dog. Go pet your dog. Um... I had someone give a really funny unintentional review of our show and they said listening to your show makes me squirm but then sometimes I'll smile immediately after. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I like that. Well, keep squirming. Good. Um, Speaking of squirming, have you ever farted through your vulva? Are, are we talking about a queef? Usually because you've just had a, a rigorous rogering. A rogering. Yes. <laughs> Good old-fashioned TSA yep. pat-down, as the they call it. The other one refers to when you pass gas, but in, <sighs> instead of escaping out the top, it takes a wrong turn. <laughs> well, it's just like, okay, when we're Into talking about... China land. <laughs> yeah, when you're talking about skin folds that are moist and stuck together... <laughs> So I've explained this to boyfriend and I actually got like a process of a series of, of photos as I was explaining this to, to him. To me, to clarify, if boyfriend is listening, mine, turn this off right now. <laughs> <laughs> turn this off. Uh, you know, what's really unfortunate for me is there's people who listen who like, like see me in a sexual manner. So I really hope I'm not hurting that. And I'm sorry, but next time you're looking at my spread vulva, um... <laughs> You'll think about this. Anyway, so I was explaining this to him and I was telling him why I personally do not like wearing pads, maxi pads, menstruation pads um, when I bleed because it feels like I don't like sitting in my 
wet, goopy mess. Yeah, it sucks. It's like sitting on a dirty diaper. Exactly. And I know that some people prefer them or they have to use them. And I'm not trying to like add to that shame. But as a personal preference, I feel you. I don't like using them. And also when you fart, (laughs) it's like a fucking blood explosion. Okay. (laughs) So... God. Not to mention yes. ripping out pubic hair. If you have any pubic hair, the sticky adhesives that try to like latch uh, on your underwear. Right. No, um, that always migrates all around. Always all migrates. It's yeah. terrible. It's terrible. Um, so anyway, so I was explaining to boyfriend why I go out of my way to avoid pads. And I haven't worn one since I was about, God, when did I get my period? 12 and a half. So 13 I think that was something that I left behind in middle school. I was determined to use tampons. Me too. Yeah. So I had, so I grew up in a single parent household and my dad was the one that raised me. Well, God, this was awkward. Um, But so I had to basically depend on my dad at the time to buy me sanitary products, you know? So of course, like dad wasn't buying his (laughs) little girl tampons. So I had to wait until I could like get a hold of my own. How old were you? Uh, I think I was like, I think I wore pads up until I was like 15 or 16 when I started to have Ugh. a job and could like mm-hmm. buy my own stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, but it was pretty bad. <sighs> I remember like just, oh my God. I remember, <laughs> I remember like bleeding through a pad. This was in high school and just being desperate and not knowing what to do. And I put money, like our school bathroom, how mm-hmm. to have one of those dispensers. dispensers. And like it took my money, but nothing came out. And I was like, oh my God, I'm fucking bleeding all over the place. And I like ripped the thing. I was like teenage rage, droid rage, Hulk ripped that bitch off the wall and smashed it open and just <laughs> took everything. So I was like, <laughs> did you really? <laughs> yes. Which I was like, I refuse to walk around the rest of the day with toilet paper stuffed in my pants. This is not going to happen. Yeah. A paper towel. If if I have the option, I'll use paper towel. I would just bunch up whatever with yeah. my hand. Yeah. Hamster, well, now I'm old enough to know pig. paper towel. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Less fibrous, too, in general. And then if you're really in a pickle, then you got to look for the toilet seat liners because you're like, look, (laughs) and that's gross because that's how you know that you're using something that's supposed to be a barrier as something that's absorbent. (laughs) Yes. Then you shove (laughs) next step French fries. Uh, Starchy. Oily. Hot. Salty. Pussy. Mm. Let's take a break. (laughs) Hey, friends. Do you get sore muscles or stiff joints like us? How's your skin? Is it dry, itchy, irritated, bruised, or sunburned? If so, it sounds like you need some Nabalm in your pocket. Nabalm, that's N-A-E-B-A-L-M, is an all-natural skin and body balm handmade right here in Portland. Nabalm products use a base of organic olive oil and beeswax followed by an infusion of therapeutic essential oils, each of which provides all sorts of benefit. Oh yes, and they smell amazing. To learn more, check out nabom.com or search Nabom on Facebook or Instagram. Do you have sex questions? Do you want help learning new techniques, communicating with a partner, opening a relationship, or exploring kink? Sex and intimacy coach Stella Harris can help. Visit her office in Portland or connect via Skype to take your intimate life to the next level. Learn more and schedule at www.stellaharris.net or follow her on Instagram 
at Stella Harris Erotica. So now it's time for Book Roulette, where our hosts pull a random book from their shelves, or several books, and read the first paragraph that they open to. Ooh. Choose your own adventure. Yay. Hey. So I have four here. So pick a number one through four. I'm going to go for number two. Okay, we have Shrill Notes from a Loud Woman by Lindy West. Uh, she's a comic. She's a writer. Um, unfortunately, on this copy, there is praise from Lena Dunham. Oh, no. <laughs> which I'm now noticing. Uh, but that's okay. That's not Lindy West's fault. So anyway, um, Lindy West is also a big woman. She writes about her fatness quite a bit. I don't know if that's going to come up in this context, but... Ooh, sure does. Ooh, okay, this is Bring spicy. It. All right, so you guys are familiar with Dan Savage? Yes, I love Dan Savage. Dan Savage does some great work. I, I love him. I've seen him perform, yeah. Um, so she worked for Dan Savage, and she had brought up his fat phobia. Oh, no, is he fat phobic? Apparently so. Oh, Dan. So here's the paragraph. In one 2004 column, the root of a whole pantload of his fat phobia accusations... Dan got grumpy about women, quote, particularly obese people, wearing low-rise jeans and dismissed the impact that stigmatizing language has on young people. And then there's a quote from him. Um, so this is something that comes up for me when I think about Dan Savage, when I see all the great work he's doing. He went on Bill Maher recently, and I have not seen it, but a couple people sent me the clip and I fucking hate watching video clips like because I just don't have time for it. So I didn't right. get to see it. But apparently he brought up FOSTA. Oh, OK. In a good, good. way. Good. In, a, in a way that apparently I would be pleased. <laughs> um, and I thought, wow, that's great. And I actually reflected on this because I had read this before and I thought it was really important to just acknowledge like how our faves are all problematic. That's true. Ourselves included. No, absolutely. I mean, not everybody gets everything right. I mean, all you can do is, I guess, when you're called on it, like, hope that you learn from it and try to do better. But, I mean, I definitely, I say, I have definitely said shit in the past and held beliefs in the past that I later found to be wrong and was, you know, mm -hmm. embarrassed oh, yeah. of. Oh, yeah. I'm learning a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. One through three. Three. Okay, we have Perv, the Sexual Deviant in All of Us Ooh. by Jesse Baring, also author of Why Is the Penis Shaped Like That? I like this guy. Apparently, he's a <laughs> teacher. He's been featured in the Guardian Cosmo Slate, Scientific American. He lives in New Zealand. He is gay. I believe he's married. I believe. I know he's gay because he talks about that. Um, all right. So. Ooh, they're talking about circumcision uh, and Kellogg, the guy who invented the cereal, John, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg. Do you know why cornflakes was invented? No, I, I do not. I, I bet I'm about to find out. Um, so it was uh, created to prevent boys from jerking off. Um, Wait, cornflakes? Corn that's a delicious cereal. Uh-huh. Uh so Dr. John Harvey Kellogg said, boys, are you guilty of this terrible sin? Have you even once in this way yielded to the tempter's voice? 
Stop, consider, think of the awful results, repent, confess to God, reform. Another step in that direction and you may be lost soul and body. You cannot dally with the tempter. You must escape now or never. And for, that's the quote. And for parents at their wits end with their masturbating sons, Kellogg offered this sage recommendation. Circumcision, he says, should be performed by a surgeon without administering an aesthetic. That's torture. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, he gives direction on how to do that. Uh, Jesse Baring goes on to say, if you were iffy about having your son's foreskin lopped off, Kellogg recommended it be stretched as tightly as possible over the glands, which is the head of the penis, and sutured shut with a needle and wire to keep him from getting an erection. That's horrible. Yeah. Why the fuck would anybody... That is so That is so horrible. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not yeah, really that's... sure. So this was, God, what year was this? This was about 100 years ago. Um, wow. Boy, has medical knowledge come a long way because that's the sort of thing that I feel like would get you prosecuted <laughs> in this day and age, hopefully. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that yeah that's really terrible. What are, what are your thoughts on circumcision? I mean, I honestly... <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, what's the point? Why do it? Um, yeah, I, the cleanliness no, I, argument. Doesn't the cleanliness hold, argument you know? flies out the window. Um, like, why would you cut off all those nerve endings? Exactly. Why you would know? you cut off all those nerve endings? Um, a big one. When I've talked to doctors who have talked to their patients about this procedure, um, who are sex positive people and are coming from a place where I am, but ultimately they have to offer their patients, you know, their choice. But the doctors have said that. It's always the reason they hear more than any from the parents is I want my son's penis to look like his dad's. Like they both have to not have foreskin and that the parents are afraid or unsure of how they would explain to their son that their son's penis looks different than their dad's. And this is why I've said, well, you say that one of you had a medical procedure and the other one didn't. Yeah. You know, how about you just want your son to experience pleasure? Right. You know, when he's an adult. I mean, what or whenever you know well and people will say well you do this to prevent you know from smegma building up some guy on instagram tried to tell me i know wash Wash your your dick dick, dude wash your dick everybody gets smegma i get smegma in my farty vulva that i was just talking about (laughs) (laughs) yeah just wash like wash it's really easy it's not i mean as somebody who has been with both they're not one does not have the the edge on cleanliness over the other like (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, seriously, it's, it's the individual. I didn't know you'd been with pussies. Really? Oh, that. Well, no, I was talking uncut and uncut. Oh, but yes, oh, oh, oh. I, too, have gotten have wasted you, and had had same sex experiences. Have you dabbled? Have, have you been dabbled. white girl, white I've girl dabbled. gay? I've dabbled. Oh, that's cute. OK, that's good. No, that's good. I mean, that's typical. That's typical of your age. <laughs> I know. And your Lord knows I've lived long enough. <laughs> and your gender. Ah, uh, that's fun. All right, let's see. Um yeah, no, back to we'll do more books in a minute, but back to the circumcision thing. It's just if you have religious reasons, then if that's I, important to you, then that's important to you. But Yeah, I, but you know, I also though think that if you have religious man, I'm gonna boy, I'm gonna get some blowback for this one probably. But you know, if you have religious reasons, that's fine, but you should be a grown up when and when the, the child should be able to make that decision for themselves when they're old enough to do that. Like mm-hmm. I I just feel like you can't make that decision for somebody at mm-hmm. two, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever age they do that. About a hundred and seven, a hundred or so little babies die every year from botched circumcisions in the US. Yeah. Which is pretty boy, is that worth it? 
pretty you low, know? but still something that happens. That's yeah, I mean that's pretty low. Oh yeah, like, no, that's, that's 107 dead right. kids. We're talking about know? at least 107 like impacted lives and how many and families. sex lives? Like okay, so if that's like the death count now, here I am talking out of my ass because I have no stats on this, but I wonder how many people don't die but lose sensation or have like other nerve endings get you know other mm-hmm. shit goes wrong and mm-hmm. we probably don't hear about it like how many sex lives are ruined oh yeah no i don't think there's any this. statistics on that because a lot of people don't talk to their doctors about, about stuff that like that and yeah. a lot and most doctors don't ask about their patient's sexual function Ugh. i mean has your primary care physician ever asked you how your sexual function is absolutely not yeah so nope uh let's see one of two Number one. Number one. Number one is, ooh, the Happy Hooker 30th Anniversary Edition. <laughs> My Own Story by Xaviera Hollander uh, with Robin Moore and Yvonne Dunleavy. So she wrote for Penthouse, um, first published in 1972. The Happy Hooker was her column. Uh, she's from Holland. She's a oh. beautiful older woman. I wonder if she's still living. Let's Can we see. wait? What's her name? I'll Google that and find out. Right Xaviera now. Hollander, X A V I E R A Hollander. You can probably assume. Let's see. I'll open to a page. All right. So I think she's working as an escort. In this. Oh, she is a babe. Yeah. Oh, she's still alive. She's still alive? Yep, she's still alive. Wow. Oh, my God. She was so beautiful when she was younger. She's still beautiful now. (laughs) You go. Oh, let's see. For two months after returning from Puerto Rico, I operated as an independent call girl or loner, as they are known, until it struck me that this was an unsatisfactory way to earn a living. Loaners make a maximum of $300 from an average of four customers a night. Okay, so that's like 8, 16, 24, 32, like 80 bucks a customer, less than. Yeah, this is in the 60s. But, but this is in the 60s. So Absolutely. I don't know. I don't have the CPI index on me, but like, yeah, that would have been worth, you know, that's 80 about, bucks. I think that's about it. 200 bucks a head. Uh, we can calculate that. We can calculate that. We Hold can. On. Yeah. Why don't you do the conversion while I read? Uh, and... Their income depends on pleasing a loyal but limited clientele that does not demand too much in the way of variety. However, in order to give a client an occasional change of face, they form into tight little groups and exchange dates amongst themselves. For example, Gloria will send a customer to Sandy who will send one back to her. But if Sandy cannot reciprocate, she must pay Gloria a madam's fee of usually 40% of what the client paid her. Working this way, the girls protect themselves to a certain extent from the competition, but it's only a matter of time before some pretty young newcomer squeezes into the circle and seduces away their business. What? Three hundred dollars in nineteen seventy-five was one thousand four hundred and forty-two dollars. Oh, so she's saying you only make you only make about a thousand dollars a night only a thousand a night. Okay, so that's really that's, that's good. very close to what or it is, has the same buying. Um. Let's see. At one point, I hired a girl who had worked in a cheap house and as a result got exactly what I should have expected. Cheap behavior. In this case, I relaxed my policy because the girl, Misty, was outwardly attractive. But when she undressed, there were stretch marks all over her body from children she gave birth to when she was 14 and 15. 
At 19, when she came to me, she was already used up. Oh, no. This is not nice. <laughs> this is not nice. See, so this is indicative of it was probably a higher-end house because if this was a functioning brothel whorehouse in a lower-end part of the city where women have less cosmetic um, procedures done, less ability to afford beautification, then it wouldn't have even been something commented on, you so know. So when was this book written? Is it written in the 80s? Early or late 70s, early 80s, I feel like. Do, 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 do. It was published in 1980. 1972. Okay. I mean, they weren't. This is like leagues before woke. Oh yeah, yeah no, 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 no. Yeah, well, and so. we still we still speak in terms of like let's let's not lie. Like I worry about my own body in terms of what is like conventionally attractive. I certainly do too. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like it's gotten less. I mean, it's gotten more shamey and less acceptable to like talk to critique people openly. Mm -hmm. like oh, that, yeah. In which I find a good thing. But yeah, still, it doesn't mean that I don't think it. Mm -hmm. about oh myself, yeah you know oh yeah no we all have our things and then it's funny because we have things we focus on that people aren't even looking at but we like make ourselves crazy all right there's one more book mm, let's hear it okay so this is called what you really really want ha 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 like the spice girls lyric money uh, <laughs> the Stability. smart smart girls shame-free guide world peace to sex and safety by jacqueline friedman Hmm. Everybody has issues. <laughs> this already sounds too really self-helpy for me. Even that perfect seeming woman your ex left you for with the perfect hair and the perfect life and the perfect friends and the perfect career saving puppies from certain death. I'll tell you a secret about her. She's not perfect. When you compare your insides to someone's outsides, it's never a fair fight. I'm amazed sometimes by the people who think I have it all together. I'll go with that. Yeah, I'll go with that too. I feel like I've read different permutations of it so many millions of times. Mm. I don't know. I went to, I did a weekend training at some point um, with a bunch of other educators and therapists and there were so many of us and it's impossible to get to know people very intimately when it's just for a few days so you know what we do I think we also create stories about people in our minds right based off of our own biases and when we were doing our goodbyes it's done in a way in this particular program that's very kind of ceremonial where you actually address each individual student like on a one-on-one -on -one at eye level and like say a thank you if you'd like but you're looking into each other's eyes and a lot of people become emotional and they cry because you've spent time training with people in a way where you're talking about some of your secrets or traumas or tough cases that brings up a lot of emotion. People bond over things. And one of the other um, educators, she said, when I first met you, I had a story about who you were and thank you for proving me wrong because it's taught me now that I need to check my own biases. Ooh. And I was like, thank you. And then now I've wondered, I'm like, what did she think about me? You know, I mean, it doesn't matter, but like I showed up that day, the way that I was dressed and however I looked and like she created a story and there's nothing I could do about that. But what I can do with that knowledge is to just check myself and to not do that about other people. 
Well, I mean, for me, like in, in my career, it's actually really, it's like professionally dangerous for me to do that, which I, I, I literally have to fact check my narrative mm-hmm. because there have been, oh, I need to be as vague as possible like this. Mm-hmm. There have been witnesses who had information that was uh, good, good for our case and good for illustrating our side. Um, but if I hadn't checked them out thoroughly, we would have called to the stand uh, people that had a very impeachable history. Really? Yes. You know, and uh, and people that seemed so respectable, I all you know that it would be would have been easy to let it slide. But you know, you you've got to you've got to look a little deeper on everybody. Hmm. In lots of ways. In lots of I ways. I hope that was vague enough. <laughs> that was vague enough. Yeah. Yay. I don't know what any any of that meant. Who you're talking about. I'm just a dumb stripper. Oh, oh God. my God. You're so dumb. Somebody asked me <laughs> last week, uh, this man at the, at the club. God, I didn't talk about any stripper shit today. This guy at the table asked me, um, excuse me, pardon me. Can you tell me what is your soup du jour? <laughs> fuck off dude i'm wearing sneakers in a strip club i don't want to talk to you no i don't know what the soup is but i okay i'm gonna sound like a real real bitch here but i like didn't like his tone and i didn't like the way some of his friends were looking at me and so i said no i don't know how to read i'm just a stripper <laughs> i'm just like traipsed away like i really oh. like to let pe like let really condescending people like that just keep going and see how long it's all run make them repeat it. themselves and just be like, I have literally had a guy once who he was saying something, you know, I'm from Philadelphia. You know where that is? And I actually at first I said, no, no, I don't. What? Where's that? And then he went on this. Well, it's in Pennsylvania, which is un- like this guy seriously didn't think I knew where fucking Philadelphia is. Yeah. And but just letting him go on was so satisfying and hilarious because I'm like, you're such a douche. <sighs> Some guy in the hardware store stepped out of the way for me in like a very like, pardon me, like very obvious, like just chill, dude, just go about your day. But he stood out of the way and then like stood there waiting for me to like, I guess, move past him. And I went to set down the thing I was setting down, which was like a metal lid to a trash can that I decided to not get. So, of course, it like fell and clanged because it's a metal lid and I just wanted to get away from this person. And he looks at me and he goes, you dropped your thingy on the floor. Oh, and I, like, did I? Cold heart. Like, I just was like, wow, you're so observant. <laughs> I really like the uh, <sighs> the people that hold the door open for you and then go, you're welcome. Before you even have a chance to say thank you. It's yeah. like, I was going to say thank you when I got through the fucking door. But you had to. You <laughs> Good had to, to know like, you're just a, another nice guy just yep, doing nice things nice. for not <laughs> for like. For validation wars that just, you know, get what they deserve or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that was good. I think that's going to do it. Uh, everybody rate us on iTunes. I mean, if you think we're good, rate us on iTunes. Be realistic. Did we do good, daddy? Do we good? <laughs> do we do good, daddy? Exactly. Write to us. Uh, pillow talk at strangebedfellowspdx.com. Find me on Instagram, stripper writer. I think I'm still on there. Haven't been kicked off yet. Not yet. Hello, 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 hello. And then you can't find Jen. You can't find me. Nope. Uh, until next time. Mm-hmm. 
For more Strange Bedfellows, check us out on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows and become a supporter for access to behind the scenes material and extra content. My name is Elle Stanger and you can find me at stripperwriter.com and on Instagram at stripperwriter. And my name is Jen. You can reach me on strangebedfellowspdx.com. <laughs>